Good morning. So glad you guys could join us today. Easter morning, man, that's a better day to be here. I hope some of you enjoyed some of the things we had earlier this week. Um, how many were here for Good Friday? Now, don't you think Pastor Corey should get the Oscar for Best Lead Actor? I mean, lead actor, costume design. Uh, <laughs> it was, no, in all seriousness, that Good Friday service was one of the more meaningful Friday, Friday, Good Friday services I've ever attended. Uh, that was really just a really, the Lord just really used that, at least in my life and I'm sure in many of your lives. If you have your bulletin, I'd like to invite you to open up to the bulletin. We have a connection card in here, the blue and white card. And uh, I invite you now to, to give us a little bit of information. We'd love to officially greet you. But at the same time, there, uh, if you'd like to communicate to us in some way, there's things on the back as you're doing that. Or after you're done, you can leave it on your pew. But as you're doing that, I'm going to um, just share some things. We had a wonderful men's breakfast this morning. I mean, the guys just did a great job. Thank you, guys. You did a tremendous job. Um, you know, the sad note is that Romwell, who was the, uh, the chairman, the lead of our men's breakfast, he had to go to the hospital uh, early this morning. So he is not with us. As a matter of fact, he was part of that. That was not supposed to be a trio. That was supposed to be a quartet here this morning. And Romwell was supposed to be singing in that too. So uh, we just uh, want to just, uh, just keep him in our hearts and minds because uh, I hope he's doing well. But this is, uh, is something that uh, I know that... Uh, uh, the Lord would just watch over him. Okay, uh, as you're filling that out, let me just announce a couple of things real quick. Um, ladies, remember there is a mother-daughter banquet coming up real quick. And uh, it's a really, a, I, I hear the venue is very, very special. And so there's a mother-daughter banquet coming up. I think there's a sign-up sheet in the, in the foyer, is that correct? Who knows? I hope so. But mother-daughter banquet, please, uh, you know, that's going to be a, a really a fun, special time. Um, also, uh, we do have a men's dinner coming up, and I have to announce this. I normally wouldn't even take time to announce this. But on August, August 26th, the last Saturday of this month, there's a men's dinner coming up. So, guys, mark on your calendar. I'll fill you in next week. Men's dinner, August 26th. April 26th. April 26th. You know, I get my A's confused. You know? April 26th. That's the last Saturday of this month. Okay? Uh, also, uh, if the, the men told me that there's some, there's some leftover things from the breakfast, and if uh, they're going to put it in bags, and it's going to be the social hall. So if, you, if you'd like to grab some, some of the food you like this morning for breakfast, and there may be some bagged up on the counter in the social hall, please go there after service, and you can see if there's, a, there's something there for you. Okay? And uh, one of the big announcements here is we normally have lunch every Sunday after service. And uh, today, because of our breakfast and being Easter, we're not going to have lunch. Um, so uh, if you came here thinking, oh, man, I'm going to have lunch, you know, just like I normally do every Sunday, hey, just hit in and out. You'll be fine. I think that's it.
you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, that's where we're going to start. Just going to read a few verses and then we're going to pray. Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to read verses 5 through 8. I believe Pastor Corey, I don't know if you use this text or not, but um, the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb and afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for gathering us here this morning. Of all the Sundays of the year, Father, this is the morning that is such an extra portion of blessing upon us to be gathered to celebrate the resurrection of your Son. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that now you will bring put life to your words. May the Holy Spirit just open our minds and touch our hearts in ways that maybe we've never been touched before. Father, thank you for this time. Ask blessing upon each one of us now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if this is your first time to visit us, you picked a great day to be here. And I don't say that just because of the breakfast. But that was really a good breakfast, uh, you know, as I said before. But there's no day when we think of, of the, the church's calendar that is more important than Easter Sunday. There's no event, in, and really when we think of it, the history of the world, which has more significance than what we're celebrating this morning. For Easter celebrates what? The day death was finally defeated. And the day that this whole wild idea of, of everlasting life became a reality that we can, we can grasp. You know, I know what you think of when if, if, you, if you're not normally in church, you know, forget the Easter bunny and seize candy. You know, Easter is about the risen Jesus Christ. The Son of God who was born in a manger, nailed to a cross, and rose from the dead to what? To give hope to all of us. That's the heart of Easter. That's why we're here. That's why we're celebrating. That's why the guys are flipping pancake this morning. We're here for this reason. Just worship the Lord for what he has done. You know, for what does mankind universally fear? Think about it. What is the universal fear of all mankind, not only for today, but for all generations as long as man has walked the earth? And that fear is death. Maybe clowns come close. But death has touched every culture through all generations and has struck fear in the hearts of everyone. We're talking about victory over death. We're talking about hope. We're talking about a purpose in life also. 
So we're going to get into that this morning, and you might be thinking, sitting here as I'm talking, you're saying, you know what? I'm here, but you know, my life is okay. That's great. I'm glad you think so. I am so glad you're here. Because there may be something that is going to touch your mind, something that, that might, might just grab your heart a little bit that has to do with, with, with the things of God, the things that are not material, but the things that are spiritual. So let's get into this, and let's talk about how the resurrection of Christ actually changed the life of various people we can read about in the Bible. So again, if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Luke chapter 23, but the scriptures will be here on the board. Let's start with Luke chapter 23. We're going to talk about the criminal that's on the cross. And I know that we've mentioned this already before. Pastor Corey mentioned and talked about and described this man who was hanging on the, on the cross next to Jesus as he was nailed between two criminals. Uh, but we're going to revisit this one particular one and talk about him. Let's look at Luke chapter 23, verse 40 to 43. Let me read these verses to you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. I'm in the wrong chapter, aren't I? That's why I've been doing that lately. Do you, know, do you guys know that I'm getting close to retirement? That's where my mind is, you know? 23, chapter 23, 40. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, naturally, this is a pre-resurrection event that took place here. And so when we look at this setting, Jesus was arrested tried by numerous authorities, whipped practically to the point of death, and he was sentenced to be executed by the Roman government and, 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 a, and a death that is, we can probably say, is one of the most horrible deaths or executions there, there are, and that's crucifixion. Crucifixion. It was a very slow, very painful, agonizing, torturous way to die. The nails, as Pastor Corey mentioned before, driven through the wrists. Uh, there was the very little bleeding. Uh, the thing that really took people's lives was, was that exposure to the elements. It was that physical exhaustion, that lack of oxygen in their, in their lungs. It, and this slowly this, this just pulled the life out of that person being executed. See, normally, death took days. The days for the victim, the heat of the day. Think about the cold of night, the, the struggle for each breath as the body just sagged on that cross and you had to force yourself up to just grab that air with all your might. And eventually, death came and that was merciful. See, it was there on that hill called Calvary that Jesus, that Jesus was nailed to that cross between these, these two criminals. 
But the interesting thing here is the story, one of them, one of the robbers, one of those accused of robbing, must have been a pretty tough guy. Because when we read the account of what took place then, he was showing no remorse and no respect for someone who was, who was on a cross right next to him. And he looks at Jesus, and he kind of mocks him and ridicules him, and he says, hey, hey, if you are the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, then, man, get us off these crosses. Take yourself off the cross. Get us out of here. Get us out of this situation. You know, when I read this, it reminds me of myself and maybe how, how maybe some of you. There are times in our life when we deal with such tough, tough situations. And, 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 if, and sometimes it enters our mind that, 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 that God, if you're real, if you, you say you love me, then, then why in the world is this happening? But, you know, just like Jesus on the cross, what we learn as we walk with the Lord and as we read his word, God works out his will in his way. And if you've cried out to God like that robber, I'm sorry that life took you to that place. I've been there too. But in contrast, let's focus on that other robber. The other robber said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now that's incredible to me. Here's this man dying on a cross, and he turns to this other man next to him who's dying on a cross, and he says, Jesus, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your king. In other words, he's saying, you know what? I'm here, you're here, but I believe that you can do something. You can give me a life after this physical death I'm about to experience. You can give me that life. You have a kingdom that's opening up, and I want to be part of it. Jesus, remember me. Incredible faith. And Jesus responds. I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. He's not saying, hey, after you feed the poor, then I'll think about pulling you up. He's not saying after you serve in the church for X number of years, and then you'll make it into heaven. No, he's saying today, brother, today you're going to be with me in paradise, which means, hey, I died for you. I'm opening the door. It's grace. You don't have to do it. It's a gift, but you got to believe. you got to truly believe. But if you do, gift. Salvation is to those who believe. It's not earned. It's not deserved. There's nothing that God on the cross could have done to do anything after that conversation to deserve or earn what God has for him. See, the Bible doesn't say it, but that robber, I believe, on his deathbed, on that cross, he received a peace that nothing else could have given him. 
accept those words from the soon-to-be-resurrected Lord. So when you really embrace the message of the resurrection, I guarantee you it will be product of it will produce peace in your life. It'll give you a peace. And you're going to be in different stages in your life. You know it, right? Time goes on. And there are different stages that we're in, different situations we deal with, different hardships that we're going to have to face. But man, God, in that resurrected, that life that Jesus can give, it can give us peace. Let's go on. Let's look at some other people. Let's look at these women who went to the tomb. I love these women. These women are just so great. It's kind of neat seeing the guys cooking because it gives our women a break. You know, it's, it's, it's really neat. But let's turn to Matthew chapter 28. Some of the verses I already read. And let's just, just focus in a little bit more on those verses. Matthew chapter 28. And I do have Matthew, not Mark. Okay, Matthew chapter 28. Let me read verse 1, and then I'm going to read verse 5 through 8. Verse 1, after the Sabbath... At dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. I'm going to jump to verse 5. Because what happened is they go to the tomb, and just like, just like our youth video showed, the stone was rolled away. And they could go on and actually look into the tomb. And so they go into the tomb. And there in, in verse 5, they meet an angel, and the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. You know, in April of the year 2015, this is two years ago this month, uh, a really devastating earthquake uh, struck Nepal. It was measured a 7.8 earthquake hit Nepal. And the death count soared beyond 5,000. And, and after the searchers, Searched for 22 hours, they just kind of officially said, we don't expect to find anyone alive. But then suddenly, one of the searchers starts yelling out in a loud voice, and everyone goes running. And, and there, after 22 hours under the rubble, a five-month-old baby was found alive. And suddenly, what was a dark, just time of lostness and sadness. Suddenly, there was this incredible jubilation of joy from these searchers, and that news went out all over the world about this five-month-old baby found alive. See, as men in Jerusalem gathered, the men who followed Jesus, they gathered, they were hopeless, and they were lost, and they gathered behind closed doors. But the women, the women went out, and they did what needed to be done. They went to the tomb to pay homage to the body of Christ. And God 
honored them. And it was really a joyous, jubilant way of honoring them. You know, when I, when I think about it, it reminds me very much like the, the lowly shepherds when we think of the birth of Christ. The lowly shepherds in Bethlehem, who after the hearing the angels, the words, and, and, and seeing the child in the manger, they shouted in joy, and they went out into the town, and they were shouting that the Messiah has arrived, that, that, that the Son of God is here. Now, 30 years later, these faithful women become God's heralds, just like the shepherds, announcing to their world, Jesus lives. Just like us. You know, there's a message of joy for the women who went, and then, after they told the followers that Jesus is alive. And ultimately, that message that Jesus is alive went out throughout the world. And it is a message of hope for all generations. And I know that if you really embrace this message, it will change you. It is a message of hope for any human being who can really grab onto it and say, yeah, this is real. This is what's part of me now because I believe. Think about this. If I could prove, if I could prove without a doubt that through faith in Jesus there's life after physical death, let's say I can prove it to the whole city of West Covina. If I could prove it without them doubting it, a tidbit, but they, oh my goodness, if I could prove it, Who wouldn't be rejoicing this morning? Who wouldn't be filled with hope? See, that's what God wants for us. He wants the resurrection to be that, that hope that can fill our hearts, that hope that, that sustains us as we face our day, that hope because Jesus Christ lives. Let's go on to this last group. These were followers of Jesus in, this, in, the, in the town of Bethany. Let's go back to the book of Luke. Let's look at Luke 24. Luke chapter 24, I'm going to, uh, let's see, let's just start, let's just read one verse right now, and realize that the setting of this text that we're going to read is after, after Jesus had walked the earth, after he spent time with his disciples and his followers, and he's just about to leave them. He's just about to leave the earth and ascend into heaven, and he has this time with them. So look at verse, just verse 45, just something to, for us to grab onto. Then he opened their minds. In other words, these are his followers who are there, and he had them there for the purpose, for them to see him ascend. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. You know, this is an important thing for us to just kind of grab onto. 
if the word of the Bible, God's word, speaks to you, if you've come to a point to believe what the Bible is saying about Jesus Christ and life here on earth, then realize that God has opened your mind to those scriptures. God is the one who has, has, has helped you to not only understand, but to embrace the truth there. Just like those right here, realize that God doesn't change the way he does things. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We see it right here, and that's what he does for us. He opens our minds to his truth. Let's go on and read verse 46 uh, to 51. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in all his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of this of these these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Let's go on to 51. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. You know, we may not be eyewitnesses of the resurrection like these who are there. I believe we're witnesses in our heart. In our heart, we're witnesses of this. We hear the words and we are witnesses in our heart of, of this incredible thing called the resurrection. It's kind of like what Paul said. Remember that all male Jews had to be circumcised. And Paul said, you know, guys, you don't have to do that anymore. It's really the circumcision of the heart. So for us in the, in, in the, in, of the New Covenant, the us of, of the New Testament, us who are believers in Christ, gentlemen, it's just circumcision of the heart. Isn't that wonderful? Not circumcision anymore. I'm, I think we should all be very thankful for that. You know, when we think of his words here to his disciples, they are really no less urgent today than they were then. Realize Jesus was leaving, and he was almost like passing the baton to these followers. And he's saying, you've got to get out. You've got to do this. You have to tell the world. See, Jesus tells us that everyone has a spirit and a soul, and they live on forever. Jesus, our God, tells us that from birth we are sinners, and that sin separates us from him. God tells us that only those who believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for them, they can receive cleansing of sin, and they, and they can enter God's kingdom and be a part of God's family. See, if that is true, then think about it. We don't have time to lose. If that's really true, then we got a message that's very exclusive to us who understand the truth in this book. Who doesn't need to hear this message? I remember when this... This one guy said, and I, I, talk, I gave a, a teaching about the same subject, and one guy said, you know, I got a neighbor, and man, that guy's always throwing his garbage on my side of the wall. And you know what I said to him? Don't worry. Jesus will send somebody else. You don't have to say anything, though. 
But he did. I followed up, and that guy did. He did. After he had the teaching, he, he just went next door, and he didn't complain about the garbage, but he did. He told him about Jesus. He said, I go to church, and I'd love for you to come and join me in church on Sunday. Amazing. Wonderful. The message. You know that message gives purpose in life. We talk about hope. We can talk about, about, about different things that the, that the resurrection does for us here on earth. But one of the other things is purpose, that now is our time. Now is our time. People need the Lord. They need the Lord. We know this and we believe this. And why do we? Because of the resurrection. You know, I'm going to close now. But you know, there may be some of you here that you've heard this over and over again. You've heard this at various, maybe you have relatives that go to church every Sunday. Maybe you come to church on Easter and maybe Christmas. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm glad you're here. But maybe it's time that you would like to become a Christian. Maybe it's time that you would like to place your faith in this Lord who is resurrected. Maybe you haven't done that before. Maybe you've been far away from church and you just want to you just say, wow, this is really speaking to my heart. Well, maybe it's time to take that step of faith. You may be thinking about, eh, I don't believe everything in that book. That's okay. I can't explain the internet, but I log on every day. Don't worry about it. But if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, if you believe that you are far away from God, that you are that sinner that the Bible says, you know, you're not perfect, are you? No, you're not. You're not perfect, and you need that Savior. If you're ready to take that step now, then I'm ready to help you take that step. See? All you, it, words don't mean a thing. It's your heart. And if your heart is ready to take that step, then... You can pray this prayer with me. If not, just listen. I'm going to ask everyone's head to bow, and I'm just going to lead a prayer. And if you're ready to take that step, if God's been, then just prepping your heart for this moment right now, here's your opportunity. And right now, it's just between you and God. Okay? So let's bow our heads. And if, you, if you're ready for that, bow along with me. Heavenly Father, Thank you for loving me. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe because of him, I have forgiveness of my sins. Lord Jesus, be my Savior and my Lord. Come into my life and help me to live a life for God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you really meant in your heart, I, I ask you to come talk to me after service. Matter of fact, I'd like to give you something. If you pray that prayer... You know, I'd I like to give you something that just gets you started. And realize that, you know, when, when someone takes a step like that, it is not the end. It is the very, 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 very beginning.
is the beginning of a life with God. There's so much God wants to show you. Okay, so we'll move forward in that way. So thank you. God bless you.